Father, we dedicate this time to you. I stand here today, Lord Jesus, not as myself, but as your servant, O oh God. And I ask, Father, that you take control. Holy Spirit, we ask that as we read your word today, that you would plant seeds within our heart, that you would curate the soil of our lives today, Lord Jesus, and that, Father, we would live for you and bear fruit for your kingdom and for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. So we're going to be looking at the book of Luke. We're going to start with chapter 8 today. We're going to be verse hopping quite a bit. Um, but we're going to be looking at Luke chapter 8. And we're going to start with... Uh, if we can start with verse 19, I think I gave you 21. Luke 8 verses 19. And then we're going to go all the way to... Verse 25. Luke 8, verses 19 to 25. This is why we should have our Bibles with us. Amen? Amen. So in the book of Luke, we see that God is doing, Jesus is doing a lot of miracles. He's doing some amazing things, but... Here we see an encounter where his family come to visit him. And we read from verse 19. Then Jesus' mother and brothers came to see him, but they couldn't get to him because of the crowd. Someone told Jesus, your mother and your brothers are, here, are standing outside, and they want to see you. Jesus replied, my mother and my brothers are all those who hear God's word and obey it. From verse 22. One day Jesus said to his disciples, let's cross to the other side of the lake. So they got into a boat and started out. As they sailed across, Jesus settled down for a nap. But soon a fierce storm came down on the lake. The boat was filled with water, and the NLT version says, and they were in real danger. The disciples went and woke him up, shouting, Master, Master, we're going to drown. When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and the raging waves. Suddenly the storm stopped and all was calm. Then he asked them, where is your faith? The disciples were terrified and amazed. Who is this man, they asked each other. When he gives a command, even the wind and the waves obey him. This morning I want to be very direct and tell you what the point of this whole message is. We're going to be talking about our trust in God. The title of the sermon is called Seek First the Kingdom and we're going to get there, but the point that I, I want us to get when we leave here today is our trust in God. What is that? What does it mean to trust in God? To trust Him. Okay, that's the basic English, sure. But for us, how much of our time is dependent on the things we do that trust God rather than a place of trusting God? When I was reading this, the, the first point that God gave me was this. He said, it's not what you should do to trust in God. It's what you should have trust in God. That's different, eh? I'm not trying to trust in God by my actions. I have trust in God. 
And so my actions dictate from that place. I'm not striving. I'm not thriving to trying to attain trust in God. I start from there. Lord, I give you my heart. I give you my soul. Whatever you say, I trust over and above what I believe. So what was different here with the disciples? Interesting. They were the ones that God selected. After having followed Christ, they knew who he was. They knew what he could do. They chose to follow him. God said, or Jesus said, I'm going to make these 12 my disciples. They are going to follow me closely, intimately. They will know me the best here on earth. And yet they were the ones who didn't have faith. I don't know about you, but when I read something like this, I was a bit shocked. I would have thought they would be the ones who knew Jesus the most and could say, surely God can get us through. I've seen him move. But what happens when we put more faith in our surroundings, in our situations, in our circumstances, than we do in our faith in God? Can we be real this morning that we do that sometimes? We look at our bank balance and think, "Mm -mm, not today. The tire pops and we need to come up with the money to to put a new tire. Some medical bill uh, pops up. Our health goes down. Our children maybe have issues. There's a problem at the workplace. We can't seem to break free from what seems to be something that just holds me back from getting to that next place. And what do we do? We take those situations to God and say, God, this, do something with this. Right? Or is that just me? If it's just me, that's okay. I'll stand here today. But we take our situations to God and say, God, validate this. God, rectify this. And if we're honest with ourselves, the main reason why is because a part of ourselves finds identity in it. We identify with our bank account. We identify with our situation. That's what we've known before we knew Christ, right? But the Bible says what when we come to know Christ? When we are baptized, we are a new creation. Are we living that way? See, my actions are not going to be to get me to trust in God, but they would show my trust in God. And it's very easy for us to take our circumstances to the king and say, King, King, I'm about to drown in these circumstances when those circumstances are meant to help shape our faith. Now, that's a dangerous thing to say. Amen? We're in a a storm. The waters are coming in. The Bible itself says they were in real danger. And I'm supposed to somehow believe that we're going to get through this? So I ask you today, where is your faith? 
if you knew today what your purpose is on this earth, would you be afraid? Some of us may have a glimpse. Oh, I think I know what my purpose is a little. The Bible says this and that. I've seen that once or twice. Can I submit to you today that our, our faith is not in what we see physically, but in what we see in what God is showing us in the Spirit. They knew they were going to the other side. Jesus knew, more importantly, what he was going to do when he got there. And so he rested. I find that crazy. Jesus was asleep. I love a good nap. I do. But if the boat is shaking, there's water all over the place, and my socks are wet, and I'm telling you right now, I'm going to wake up and I'm going to be upset. Right? But Jesus rested because he had more faith in the plan of God than he did in the, his physical circumstances. He knew what was going to be achieved on the other side. And maybe this was the enemy coming against him. Maybe this was trying to stop Jesus in his tracks. Anybody ever have those situations where you feel like the enemy is just trying to hold you back? What do we do? Do we give up? Sometimes. But if we knew our purpose this morning, we wouldn't stop. We too would stand up in that boat and say, I rebuke the wind and the wave. I rebuke that which is holding me back from my purpose. My purpose to serve this king. Lord, is it my time? Not today. Then I rebuke this wind. I rebuke this wave. I trust in God more than I trust in my physical circumstances. And I refuse to believe that this is the end because God has not said so. A few chapters back in Luke, we see Jesus... Um, Coming up through, through the ages. No pun intended. We see his birth. We see the birth of John the Baptist. We see how he stayed behind and a whole bunch of different things. And when he was baptized, he went into the desert for 40 days. The devil tempted him. Hey, look at your circumstances. There's no food right here, but I know that you can do this, Lord. I know you can turn this rock into bread. You can eat it. You can, be, you can be full again. Did Jesus take this and say, Lord, can I do this? No, he took the word of God back to the enemy and said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Who are we talking to today? Whose company are we entertaining? The enemy? Are we having more conversations with the enemy about who Jesus is? Then going back to the enemy and saying, stop, I rebuke this. The word of God says. What I'm trying to get you to see this morning is we need to change our mindset. We have to change our perspective. Because let's be honest, 2024, 2024... 2023, look at me, I'm a prophet already. <laughs> 2023, <laughs> actually I canceled that in Jesus' name. 2023 was a rough year for most of us. Let's be honest, if we look back and take an account of our situations, the things that have happened, 
for some of us, for a lot of us, it's kind of hard to believe that Jesus was in it. Why did you go through that breakup? Why did that hurt happen? When did that sin creep in and start? When did I lose hope? When did my faith waver? I don't know, but it was around about that time that this happened and I just felt hurt. I felt broken that God would leave me in this situation. Anybody else besides me? Can I submit to you today that that wasn't meant to break you, but to build you? What matters in that situation is our perspective. And if I fine-tune that a little bit more, what matters most is our focus. We learn principles like this, especially when, especially when you do deliverance. You can tell what someone worships by what they focus about the most. If I'm always worrying, if I'm always anxious, if the, the spirit of depression is always hovering around me, and I can't seem to find hope in Jesus, there's a part of me that worships that the most. That's a hard truth. You may not have known that before, but you do now. What you focus on the most is what you worship. So you don't have to answer me out loud, but think about it to yourself. What are you focusing on a lot of the time? Once, uh, once a long time ago, my sister, my middle sister, she's not here. Is she here? She's not here. Um, were getting baptized on the same day. We went for baptism courses at our church, and we had to do homework. And um, there was like 20 questions, um, and so we knew we had to do it. So she, she and I came up with this plan. You do the first 10, I'll do the, the last 10. Deal? So I said, okay, cool. So she did the first 10, I did the last 10. When we got to the class, we sat in an in a order where it just so happened that she was sitting number 10 and I was sitting number 11. Oh, sorry, I was sitting number 10, she was sitting number 11. So... When the pastor came in, he's like, okay, what did you get for question one, two, and three, whatever. When he came to me, Jared, question number 10, what did you get for this? Spot on, my boy. And uh, when he got to question 11, uh, he asked her the question, and my sister very boldly said, the Holy Spirit? And my pastor was like, no. Have you ever had someone like stare at you trying to look for help the whole time, and you are just not giving them any attention? Like, my sister could not look any closer at me to try and get me like, yo, what did, you, like, what did you put down here? What did you get? And I was just not having it. I was like, I got my answer right. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Pastor, you need to pray for her. She needs double deliverance. I don't know. Oh, Lord, we just right now in the name of Jesus. But I, in my mind, I had a, a silly, silly joke. And I was like, but isn't Jesus the answer for everything? <laughs> Silly in the context of question and answers, but can I submit to you today that Jesus is the answer for everything? Are we seeing it, though? It's not about conjuring up things. It's not about magic. It's not, about that, it's not just about that suddenly, all of a sudden, all things pointed, and then, bah, it just happened. It's not, it's not about that. 
It's about Jesus in everything. Sitting here today, can you say that you are here for Jesus? When you're spending time with your family, can you say truly that I'm living in the, the plan that God has for me? Jesus has ordained this family. Wow, I'm going to experience Jesus in and through my family. The workplace, the job that I prayed for, how often does this happen? The job that I prayed for, that God gave to me, that now I'm complaining about, do I still experience Jesus there? The children, the blessings that God has given us, we love them when they're at the phase. And the minute they're like, I don't want to eat my vegetables. Nobody? Nobody else has that problem? Okay. Okay. No, that's fine. For those of you that don't have kids, you'll know. But can we still experience Jesus in the hard times? Is Jesus truly in everything? Or is he only in the good times? When we're crossing the river in the boat and there's nothing wrong, surely I am with the Lord. But it's in those hard places that's trying to define our character. Trying to shape our mind. Trying to shape our spirit. Most importantly, trying to grow us. A tree that never faces a wind will never know that it needs to go deeper. It needs to go deeper before it can rise. So what do you think the storms of life are meant to do? They're meant to make us go deeper. Amen? So today, can I maybe get one of my young people to come help me for a sec? Mm, Josh? Josh is, Josh is my favorite strong man. Look at, look at his muscles. Okay, but let's just pray for him. He's wearing a Liverpool shirt to church. <laughs> kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Josh, how strong are you? Do you think you could uh, do an arm curl with that? Hold it out for me like this? Okay, stay there. Okay. In life, we go through things. Our situation sometimes becomes a part of our identity. We learn Jesus. We learn how to relate to one another by what we experience. But what if that lesson has grown old and needs to fade away, but has somehow become a part of my identity? Small things. Small things. People know me to be a funny guy. <laughs> People know that I like to play golf or I support Liverpool. I don't support Liverpool. <laughs> Not saying anything bad. <clears throat> Anyways. But we hold on to these small things, these small lessons that we learn, whether it's about God or not, and it somehow shapes our identity. But do we realize that sometimes these small things are the things that are holding us back? I'm strong. I can, I can do 20 kg arm curls in the gym. This bottle of water is nothing for me. <laughs> this is what, 100 grams, 200 grams? Easy. Can, I can arm curl this thing the whole day. How are you doing there, Josh? Yeah? Your arm looks like it's starting to shake a little. Just a little. That water, does, that water doesn't look level to me. Okay, it's level. All right, there we go. Now let's see how long you can go, my boy. And we laugh, hey? 
But when we see our brothers and sisters holding on to things from the past that keep us away from God, what do we do? More importantly, that log that's in our eye, not the speck, that we choose to ignore, that thing that we hold on to that we aren't letting go of, that's holding us back from knowing God truly, what are we doing? I can guarantee you this, Josh may be managing with holding this bottle for now, but if I have to check in again with him in three hours, it's not going to be the same story. And what would he do? Lord, help me with this bottle. Help me, Lord Jesus. I give you this bottle. This is not, this is not an earthly bottle. This is the bottle of the Lord. I give this to you. I stand in, in strength and honor and truth for you, O oh Lord. Da, 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 da. And all these things that we've, we try, and, because it's a part of my identity. I'm a man of faith. I'm a man of strength. I'm this, that, and the other. Isn't it simpler just to let go of the thing that's holding us back? He's going, he's going. And it's sad because then it's these types of things. I have to hold on to this thing. But real strength is not in what you hold on to, but what you can let go of. You know, when Jesus commissioned his 12 disciples, he said, take nothing with you. Just the clothes on your back. Not a spare pair of clothes, not a new pair of sandals, no food, nothing else for your journey. Go out. Share my word. Cast out demons. Heal the sick. Do what needs to be done. Imagine we were like, ah, oh, but all the stuff that I have, Lord. What about the rich man who said, Lord, I've done everything. What more can I do to serve you? And God says, sell all of your possessions and uh, take up your cross and follow me. And he walked away dismayed. Now I'm not just talking about physical things today. Remember we said we're talking about our mindset, our perspective, more importantly our focus. Can you truly say today that if God had to require from you to let go of everything in your life, you could? Take up your cross and follow him. Oh, but Jared, I would, I would have nothing. I'm straight, my boy. At least, at least let me take some, some food, Lord. At least let me say bye to my kids. At least let me resign from my job and do things properly. Why? Because I'm more concerned about my flesh than I am about his kingdom. Now I wonder, can you guys think back to the moment where you chose Christ for yourself? Do you remember how little it took for you to serve him? You were willing to give up everything. Amen? What happened? We got a little bit too comfortable. We got a few nice things. That bottle of water was refreshing. I'm holding on to this bottle for dear life. It's my only comfort. Yes. Well done. Thank you, Josh. There are things we are holding on to 
that we need to let go of. Why? Because Christ has more in store for you than what you're holding on to. My job title doesn't say anything about me. My bank account doesn't say anything about me. How many kids I have, what clothes I'm wearing, where I go to on holiday, doesn't say a thing about me. A song says, when the music fades and all is stripped away and I simply come Longing just to bring something that's of worth that will bless your heart. I'll bring you water. I'll bring you more than a song, for a song in itself is not what you have required. You search much deeper within Through the way things appear You're looking into my heart I'm coming back to the heart of worship When it's all about you It's all about you, Jesus I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing I've made it When it's all about you It's all about you, Jesus Matthew chapter 6 Verses 33 Sure, we all know this one very well. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously. And he will give you everything you need. Now let's talk about the practical stuff. What do I do about my job, Lord? What do I do with the family that you gave me? What about all of these things? Today, can you give it to God? When we hold on to things, we make ourselves the God of our lives. And then the song that we just sang is just words. But if we can trust him with everything, which he gave us in the first place, mind you, it changes everything. But we've been through some hurt that has made us hold on to something that we should be giving back. The Bible says that Jesus took on the stripes. He was beaten, bruised. He bled and died for our sins, for our diseases, for our iniquities, everything. So what am I doing holding on to something that's no longer mine? Am I God? Am I focused more on myself than I am on Jesus? Am I concentrating more on how the storm will end my life rather than I can truly say that whatever days I've had on this earth, I gave to the king? Tomorrow's not promised to anybody. 
Are you certain that you will be in eternity? Have you made Jesus the Lord and Savior of your life? Truly? I will know, not by your words, but by your actions. If I see someone who has a relationship with God, who trusts God, and I can see it in every step, it's a testimony for me. It's a testimony for you. It's a testimony in your workplace. It's a testimony to your kids. Can I tell you that maybe I have some good words here today. Maybe I say some things that you feel like God has spoken into your life, and that would be great. But my greatest testimony is how I go home and serve my family. My greatest testimony will be, am I the same on this pulpit as I am at work on a Monday? Those will all be signs of where my true trust is. Now we've wavered for some of us. We've let the situation around us get to us. It's time to come back today. For those of us who have lost our trust in God and for those of us who have never put our trust in God, today's the day. We're ending off 2023 in this next few weeks. Surely some of you may be doing retrospectives and introspection and how the year went, or maybe you're one of those that's the new year, new me vibe kind of thing. But can we leave the hurts of 2023, the hurts of our past, the hurts of our parents, the hurts of our family, every generational curse, every desire not met, every plan that has failed, every failure, every hopeless situation, can we leave that this side of 2023, this side of 2024 rather, and start 2024 with a fresh hope in God? One of the big things that I feel like God was wanting to talk about today was the hurts that we've held on to, the things that have held us back. And I can honestly say I had to do my own time of introspection. Yes, I believe God that he can speak through me and do this and he can use me and so on and so forth, but when it relates to others, but in this area of my life, I don't believe it, God. Because you let the waters come in on that one. You threatened my life with that one, Lord. And I didn't hear a thing from you. You were asleep, it seems like. Anybody else have something like that? I don't trust in God because of what he's done. I trust in God because of who he is. And I'm tired of taking the words of the enemy back to my Savior. I choose to take the words of my Savior and rebuke that enemy. <clears throat> Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of Christ. I will not test the Lord my God. I will serve no other God but him. I'm done playing games. I'm done weighing the options. I'm tired of looking at my situation and, make, and allowing that to fuel my identity. That's not my mirror. This is my mirror. 
who better to guide me on who I am and where I will be than the one who created me? How can I doubt him when he was the one who knows the number of hairs on my head? He knew me before my, I was formed in my mother's womb. He was the one who has a plan for me, a plan to prosper me, to give me a hope and a future and not to harm me. How do I doubt this God based on the temporary lies of the enemy? Take a moment. Think about that for yourself. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I want you to take time to think of every area of your life that is not surrendered to Christ. If it's not surrendered to Christ, that means you don't trust God with that area of your life. I'm not saying it's super simple that you can give everything to him right now and it will be done. But you can make a decision today to turn. He's able to do it, but are you willing to see it through? Can you trust him through your storm? Father, we come before you today. We thank you today, Lord Jesus, that, Father, you can remind us you are for us, not against us. We come today, Lord Jesus, with a heart of repentance, O oh God. Forgive us for turning away from you. Forgive us for worshiping our situation more than we worship you. Forgive us, Lord God, for taking you off of the throne of our lives. We repent today, Lord Jesus, from turning away from you and your word, O oh Lord, in pursuit of the lies, the wiles, the tricks and manipulations of the enemy, O oh God. And we choose today, Father God, to turn back to you. We choose to turn our focus unto you. And Father, over this next few weeks, Lord God, I pray for each person under the sound of my voice, for each home and family represented here today, Lord God, that they would begin to receive closure in every hurt, in every area of their life today, Lord Jesus, that holds them back from knowing you as their one true and only king i pray for each home here today lord jesus that your spirit O oh god would follow them today lord jesus would show them where you have been where you are and where you will be in every situation lord god and may us count it a joy that you are with us in the boat than for us having to face it alone I pray, Lord God, for a renewed sense of identity and purpose for each person here, Lord God, including myself, O oh Lord Jesus, that, Father, we would be more concerned with our focus on you than what the world is trying to distract us with, O oh Lord. I pray in the days to come we would see, Lord Jesus, more people healed, more demons released from our people, O oh God, more, more of your children delivered today, Lord Jesus. I pray that generational curses would be broken, that scales would be lifted off of our eyes, that the blind would see and the deaf would hear. Father, let us see physically, Lord God, people being raised from the dead. Lord Jesus, let it no longer just be words we read in the Bible, but as we trust you, as we live out in a place of trust, O oh God. Father, may we see more and more miracles on this earth today, Lord Jesus, that just give you praise, glory, and honor.
Forgive me, forgive each person here, Lord God, for making it about ourselves, when, Lord, it's always been about you. So we place you today, Lord God, back on the throne of our lives. Have your way and your will in our life, Lord. The things that have been separating us from you today, Lord Jesus, bring it to the light, Lord God. And as we deal with it with you, Lord Jesus, may your Holy Spirit release us from it, O Lord Jesus. And may our lives never be the same again. May our lives be a testament of our Jesus. May our lives be a testimony, Lord God, of what you can do today, Father God. And may more come to know you as the Lord and Savior of their lives in and through our testimony, O Lord. In and through your word. For your kingdom's sake, we pray and ask these things. Amen and amen.